G'day, it's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 13th of September, 2022. Dead. You're dead. That's what happens, man. That's what this pod, this podcast was a fucking a distraction. And I'm while you've been listening to it, we've triangulated your coordinates and I've jumped out of a helicopter and come through your fucking bathroom window and killed you. You dumb fucking cunt. What the fuck? What the fuck was that? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. You're dead. (laughs) You are dead, mate. Why would you listen to a podcast of someone you don't even know? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm... What I'm trying to do, mate. I'm trying to kill. <laughs> well, this is great, Aiden. This is a great way to make sure that people are going to keep listening to the podcast, isn't it? It's just by just going way too long about how you're like threatening to kill them. Yeah. Good. Well, look, I hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> I really don't know what that was about. I don't know what that is. Um, you know, except for obviously a very serious and real plan, a uh, uh, disclosure. How funny is the word disclosure, man? I used that tonight in a set. I was doing a set. I'm back in Melbourne, by the way. You, 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 you. Um, I was doing a set. Oh, wait. Look, it's just, maybe I'm fucking talking about killing people because I haven't had my tea yet. Oh. Oh. Just wonderful. I mean, let me just stop, you know, all of this ranting to just appreciate for a second that I'm back in my home. No, no, I'm back in my home. Maybe that's why I'm talking about killing people because I'm so, I feel so safe. <laughs> I feel safe to express you know, the darker notes of my inner psyche now. You know, I'm in my home, I'm celebrating, I'm happy, making gun sounds, and maybe I just, maybe, I I don't know what that joke was going to be. I was going to say, maybe I'm always thinking about killing people, but now I feel confident to express it, you know, because I know that it's something that I can joke about because I'm safe in my home. I don't think any of that is the case. Do you ever think about killing people? Nah, look. I mean, sometimes when I'm on the train, like on the platform of the train, I think like, what if I push someone into the path of the train? I was doing a joke about that for a little bit. I think it's nice that everyone's on the train platform every day together. I do genuinely like, do you ever walk up to the line? You know, the line that's like, don't go in front of this line. And, uh... I like I f- if I'm if you're standing like right on the line and if it's a busy platform, <sighs> sorry. Like sometimes if I was in when I was in London and the platform's really busy and you're on the tube, the train's coming, but before the train gets there, there's nothing in between you and the line, and just empty air. Where in like fifteen twenty seconds, there's going to be a train there, and I'm like, if anyone wanted to. They could just push that person in front of them into the train, into the train, and that person would die. You are dead. 
You are dead. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? It would be so easy. You'd probably get away too. You'd probably get caught eventually. But I wonder how, like, what's the deal there? If you're on the train platform and you push someone into the tracks, if there's a throng of people behind you, probably someone's stopping you. But if there's not, or like if you just make it far enough so that you're away from the people who directly saw you do it, you know, why am I thinking about what is, oh my God. <laughs> but then I think like if you get away from those people, how long have you got before you just need to leave the country? <laughs> like how long until, you know, your face is all over? What would your face be on the news? How long would you have before you could leave the country? Like if you are in London, if you're at King's Cross Station, nah, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to be at King's Cross. You'd want to be at like a different station so that you could get away from there and then go to King's Cross, get on the Eurostar and go to Paris. And then once you get to Paris, then you go to like, Poland and uh, you know you could either live out the rest of your life in Poland or from there you make the real switch to like South America and then you just get to live in like you know Peru and uh, and like probably start a new life speak a different language and you're away from there and you just for the rest of your life you live with that inside you that like yeah man remember like 15 years ago when I pushed that person in front of a train <laughs> and, and then just abandoned my entire life to come <laughs> to come and live in this other country. So, um, anyway, yeah, that's what I think sometimes when I catch the train. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I bet Peru's nice, you know. Fuck. So, why am I thinking about that? I don't know, mate. I feel good. I'm at home. I'm in my room. It's cold. Man, it's so funny to me. I left Melbourne seven weeks ago and it was cold. And I've come back and it's still cold. And I've had like an entire summer in Europe. You know, in case anyone forgot, I've actually been in Europe for a summer. Oh, God, it was just wonderful. Just wonderful. The last week of the trip. Where did I leave you guys last? I was in Paris. Oh, darling Paris. Oh, how we miss each other so in our absence. Staying at my boy Nico's house. Had some fucking, um, what do you call it? Fondue, which I've relearned. You know those facts that like you have it and you know it and then you forget it and then you relearn it and you're like, I already had you, mate. How did you escape? You know, <clears throat> facts are in many ways what I would be like if I pushed someone in front of a train and then, you know, left. And then if like maybe someone from the UK was like on holiday in Peru in like five years time after I did it and they saw me and they were like, mate, you're like one of those facts that we, we knew that you did it, but then you got away and now you're here and I still know that you did it. 
but we can't get you back because Peru doesn't have a strong treaty of extradition with the United Kingdom. <laughs> I wonder when they negotiate those. Like the UK, that's interest. That's an interesting question, isn't it? I guess maybe uh, what are those? Do they fall under like military or or security? Because like you know how the UK left the EU and then they have to renegotiate all their trade deals. Do they have to renegotiate all their other deals as well? Like were all the criminals when they left the EU who were like about to be extradited back to the UK and be charged with crimes in the UK, but they were all living in like Venezuela or whatever. Were they all like, oh sick, they left the EU. Like does the, does the UK have, because they do, don't they? They have to negotiate trade deals with the rest of the world. I wonder if that's just, I wonder how, you know what? I'm not going to find out, but let's make a start on it. Hey, let's Google. Oh, what? Shut up. Extradition treaty. All right, let's find out about this. Uh, International crime cooperation arrangements. We maintain relationships with other countries. Oh, this is the Attorney General's Department. We'll fucking... What is the Treaty of Extradition? The Model Treaty on Extradition is an important tool in international cooperation in criminal matters because of both its contents and structure. Its provisions are the result of a careful assessment of the needs and difficulties of countries in extradition uh, procedures. I don't know. I don't fucking... Which, which country has no extradition treaty? Ethiopia, Afghanistan, Nepal. This is just for the US... Best countries for your escape plan. International man. Oh, man. Suppose you were NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden or fictional international spy Jason Bourne and the most powerful intelligence agencies on the planet were hunting you. Where would you go? This is a far-fetched scenario for most of us. Well, you know, you're really one painted line on a train platform away from needing to fucking find this website. That's why it's only a thought experiment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yes. No, it's a thought experiment. If you say so. On the other hand, for folks like the founder of the Liberty Do- of Liberty Dollar, a gold silver backed private currency, whom the US government has labeled a domestic terrorist, it might not be implausible. Regardless of how likely the scenario, if you do need to escape, a crucial factor in deciding where to go is whether or not your country has an extradition treaty with the United States. Blah, 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 extradition, the uh, countries with no U.S. extradition treaty. The following countries have been known to refuse U.S. extradition requests despite having treaties. Bolivia, Ecuador, Iceland, Nicaragua, Switzerland, Venezuela, and Zimbabwe. It doesn't mean you're home free. It puts you at the mercy of your new hosts. You could become a pawn in a larger game and might be traded away for concessions. The political sands are always shifting, and tomorrow's government may be more accommodating to the US. The CIA could also kidnap you and bring you back to the US without your host government's consent. That's crazy. (laughs) They do that. (laughs) There's a bunch of international people. You live in the next village over in Peru. What is that person running from? You've got to be a fucking psycho to join the CIA. Like, you've got to be just as crazy as the person you're chasing if you're going to fucking give your whole life over to the CIA. Maybe that's how you get scouted. Maybe you push someone in front of a train, run off to a different country, and then 10 months later, someone knocks on your door and they're like, congratulations, you're in. <laughs> Maybe that's why you never hear about anyone pushing people onto the train. Because that was the bit that I was doing. I was doing a bit about like, 
isn't it a, like a nice kind of comment on the goodness in people that you never really hear about someone pushing just a random stranger onto the train tracks. But I think about it every fucking time I'm at the train, you know? I think about it every time. I just, I get, if I'm in front, I get scared. And if I'm behind, I get a boner. No. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Well, well, well. Um, Am I going to talk about this for the whole podcast this week? I I don't know. I don't know. You know, I couldn't tell you. Anyway, uh, you might fall within sight of an armed drone. (laughs) No matter where you go, there is no shortage of ways the US government can hurt you. What the fuck is this website, man? Doug Casey's International Man. Sounds like a fucking... (laughs) Like some company that sells shaving equipment. Do you want to be an international man? Are you afraid of US drone strikes coming to your house in a third world country? (laughs) While a drone strike is unlikely for now, the US government would almost certainly cancel your US passport and seize your US bank accounts. I mean, it's from America. What about Australians? Fucking hell, man. I'm so fucking sick of these narrow-minded fucking Americans writing their, you know... uh, Extradition Treaty, Australia. The Australian law governs extradition through the Extradition Act 1988. The the act sets a framework for courts to determine if a person is to be extradited from Australia. It also empowers the government to make extradition requests of other governments. So, why don't I just Google this? If I push someone in front of a moving train in Australia... Will I go to jail? <laughs> the law on entering a railway level crossing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> the second. The second. <laughs> the second result is just, oh, this is going to be sick. Is uh, It's on Quora, you know that question and answer website. Here's the question. What are the Australian laws for punching someone in public who is pissing you off? <laughs> I mean, because you know there's one set of laws for punching someone for no reason and then there's surely another set of laws for punching someone who's pissing you off. Your Honour, he was pissing me off. <laughs> It just gets a different book out from under his counter. <laughs> mm. Fucking this is fun. Uh, here's the first. <laughs> the first. The first answer is from someone called Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. He has 2,000 answers and 249,400 answer views. Here's his answer. That is just being a coward. If you can't stand being pissed off, then grow up. If you throw a punch, you get charged with assault. (laughs) Whoa. Here's another answer. It is called assault. If you punch the person once, you will be charged with assault. If you continue on the assault and hit the person more than once, then it becomes assault and battery. Well, that's what battery is. It's It's when you keep going. Then whatever happens after that elevates the charges. So if you beat a person to the point where they're admitted to the hospital for more than treatment, 
at the outpatients, it becomes grievous bodily harm. Then if you've used a weapon, the charge escalates again. However, there are catches. Fucking, this is sick. You can be charged with assault for blocking a person's intended path if they are walking down the street and you confront them so they have to step around you or you step in front of them for a second time when they attempt to walk on, then that is also classified as assault. Wow. That's good to know, isn't it? If someone's just blocking your path, that's assault. If you are struck by a person who is assaulting you and hit them back, then you can also be charged with assault and or battery if you hit them more than once. <clears throat> Self-defense. Oh, there's all these different scenarios. Oh, fuck. All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't care about these fucking scenarios. But what about a citizen's arrest? A citizen's arrest is just that. A member of the general public arrests a person and holds them until the police arrive. I have done this twice. And it works best if there is another person with you who can act as a witness. What the fuck? This is Andrew N. Lives in Australia, 1964 to present. 480 answers and 344,000 answer views. They got way more answer views than Harvey Birdman. Updated June 8. Why have you made two citizens arrests? That seems excessive. Most people go through their lives without making a single citizen's arrest. Wow. And then you must inform the person they're under citizen's arrest and being held until the police arrive. You're responsible for their health and safety while they're in your custody. Oh, this means you can't let a mob beat the crap out of them. <laughs> and you must render first aid or seek medical help. You're allowed to use reasonable and proportionate force to prevent the person from leaving the scene before the police arrive. Whoa! So if I... If I get punched in the face and then I go, all right, I'm arresting you. I'm making a citizen's arrest. What you cannot do is tie them up or chain them to the telegraph pole. I think that is deprivation of liberty. You can be charged for doing it. There is a catch. If someone's breaking into your car in your driveway and they run off, you have to let them go. You're not allowed to run after them, tackle them, then drag them back to your property. You're also not allowed to assemble a posse and pursue them. <laughs> Fucking, this is good shit. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to any of my life this week, which, you know, arguably a better podcast. That said, most police are reasonably sensible. As long as you haven't belted the crap out of a person or got them hog-tied, they'll probably just throw them in the back of the paddy wagon and not worry too much about what you've done. This information is based on my experiences. I've been charged with assault, talked my way out of two assault charges and made a couple of citizen arrests over the last 40 years. This dude is a fucking psycho. <laughs> you've talked your way out of a couple of assault charges and made some citizens arrests. 47 followers on Quora <clears throat> and following two people. Here's some of their other answers. What can you How can you tell if your wheel nuts are too tight? What are some good places to stay in Sydney for my first visit? Can the UK arrest and extradite an Australian citizen? What are some tips on getting through customs when... Uh -huh. Well, what are some tips for getting through customs and immigration quickly when entering or exiting Australia? And he'd put, spill a bit of heroin through your bags just before you pack. Oh, funny. Oh, look. I mean, I could fucking read this all day, but I'm literally doing a podcast, aren't I? Anyway. Um, look, I think that's enough of that. The international man clearly an insane sight. I mean, there's a fucking, uh, 
Free yourself from absolute dependence on any one country. Second passport, offshore banking, gold and silver storage, offshore companies. Uh, this is a crazy fucking website. Here's why the hardest money ever known is now easier to use than Visa. Okay. Well, look. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is I'm not a threat to anyone. <laughs> I don't know how I got... Yeah, all right. We're 20 minutes into the podcast and I've been talking about fleeing to Peru after you push someone in front of a train for the last fucking amount of time. And I thought I was in a good mood. I am in a good mood. I've had a lovely day. I don't know. I, I tend to think that this podcast is normally like a place for me to just, you know, let the fucking line out, Right? Like you know when you when you hook a fish, which by the way I've I've only been fishing as an adult once in my life, and that night I ended up getting arrested for breaking into the back of someone's car. So sad to say, I'm not really the best versed on the topic. However, um, when you go fishing and you get a you get a bite, and you just let go of the line, you hold the rod and you just let it you just let it go. That's what I do on this podcast and I find it's a good way to kind of gauge because it's hard to gauge how I'm doing in the rest of my life because like it's not really, I mean there's always kind of um, interests or competing things at play or you know I'm trying to be something for someone but when I'm here I'm just completely, what I can say anything you know. I'm just trying to make myself laugh and um, and I, I don't know what I'm trying to do. I think I'm just trying to make myself laugh and it's for you guys to listen to but you're not really here so I don't really know that it's necessarily for you. Like it is but it's also, man, those guys that I met at the jazz bar in Amsterdam when they were like, what we're trying to do here is just develop the idea ourselves and if we can get that to a point where we're happy having done it then like it doesn't really matter if the audience enjoys it or not and I think that's kind of what I'm doing what I'm trying to say is when I turn the mic on for 30 to 40 minutes every Tuesday on this podcast what I'm doing is exactly the same as jazz <laughs> it's as good as and requires an equivalent amount of skill as five people who have played instruments their whole life jamming together. I don't know. That is what I'm doing though, you know? Like the fucking pushing in front of the train. You know, I want to follow that. But then it's also interesting to kind of watch where I go with it and go like, well, okay, that's where I went. But what does that mean about my current mental and emotional state? That's why it's kind of useful to me because I often find around this point of the podcast, around the kind of... 20 25 minutes i start noticing shit and i'm like what does that mean why have i done that i start to actually get somewhere i fucking love doing this man i really do it's a it's an odd moment to come back from overseas you know from a trip that like when you get back and you come back to your life i put a little thing on tiktok today it's actually doing pretty good I met a guy in Amsterdam, uh, this comic, whose name I keep fucking forgetting. Oh, God. Man, I'm such a fucking 
horny idiot, honestly. I just, uh, the moment I see a fucking butt on social media, I'm just like, um, shut up. I got this uh, video on TikTok. So I met this dude on uh, in Amsterdam who was doing these videos. What's his name? Roger? His name is Roger. Roger Back. That's right. And he's doing videos. It seems like the, my whole thing with online content is it has to be sustainable. It can't be something that I'm putting heaps of effort into. I learned this with my backyard bitch YouTube videos. If, if I put too much effort into it and have to keep doing that to sustain it, eventually it will become too hard. And it's just not worth the returns. It has to be something. This podcast is so great because I can keep doing it. And if no one listens, I can still keep doing it. Like it's fun for me. And I get something out of it. And that's what will make it continue to grow and change and be interesting. And the people who will like it, if there are any, will continue to be, you know, whatever. But this Roger guy has been doing videos of just himself to camera saying stuff. And then he downloads them off TikTok and he puts them on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube as well. And they're just little shorts. They're like 20, 30, 40 seconds. And I thought, you know what? I can do that. I can have one thought a day and just record it and put it up. And that's what I'm trying to do now. And I did one today about coming back from Europe and feeling like, because I have, man, like every place I went in Europe, I've spoken about this in the last few weeks. I was in Barcelona fantasizing about the life that I would live. Just, you know, fantasizing about living there and speaking Spanish and then becoming a Spanish speaking Australian comedian and touring Spain and then meeting some woman and then having kids and just that's my life, you know. And then the next place I'm in Paris. Last week, I was in Paris and I was like, maybe I learned French. You know, I love French. I got some friends in Paris. That'd be a start. Move to this city, speak French, do French comedy and be that guy. And that'll be my life. And it's like, it's almost like everywhere I go, I imagine myself moving there. And then I come back to Australia and it's like, I'm happy here as well, but I always want to be somewhere else. But who's to say that if I went to the somewhere else that I, after a while I'd get comfortable there and then wouldn't want to move somewhere else again? It's like, is that a thing in me? Or is it, do I really want to move to Europe? I mean, I think I do. I don't know how. Do I really want to do it? Or like, am I just unhappy and I should figure out how to work on myself and be find some happiness within myself? And uh, if I do that, then maybe I'll be happy in Melbourne. I I, I don't th- I think it's a bit of bit of A and a bit of B. But anyway, I did a TikTok about that, and it's got fucking five thousand two hundred twenty-two views. It clearly struck a little bit of a chord with people, because man, I got a lot of fucking comments. I've lived in twenty-one different places. All have been great, but it doesn't go away. I'm thirty-six, and it was fun, but a huge waste of time and money. Whoa, fuck. Oh my God, a huge waste of time and money. That is so depressing. I mean, surely not. Anyway, got a lot of comments on it. I think I'm going to keep doing that. I'm just going to try and have a thought every day that I put down. It takes like 15, 20 minutes for the whole thing. Uh, But that's what it's like coming back. I'm like, all right, I've had this experience. Now, how is that going to inform and direct the next kind of period of my life? So what I want to do in the next few months, I've got pretty much until the end of the year 
and maybe a bit of January as well before the new tour starts with the new show. So I know something that I did last time, last show, was I focused on this story about getting fired and I let it kind of consume me and the writing process and I was just trying to write for that all the time and it wasn't funny. Like after a while, I felt like I was just beating my head against a wall trying to write this same story. And I wasn't, it's not that I was focusing too much on that. I mean, that's bad, but that wasn't the thing that fucked me. The thing that fucked me was while I was doing that, I wasn't writing any new stuff, any kind of new ideas that were coming to me. So um, I would like to do that. I'm actually thinking that maybe that idea, maybe this idea about wanting to travel and always leaving Maybe I should write a bit about that. I'll fucking write that down later. But so that's what I'm going to do for the next three months, three and a half months. I think the next leg of the, uh, so the first leg of the new show tour is February in Perth. Um, and then we're kind of off. Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. And maybe a couple of, maybe, maybe Canberra and Newcastle have been whispered about. Um, and I've got between now and then to write like another 10, 15 strong minutes of material to chuck in the show. So, and that's doable, you know, I can totally do that. But I just, to, to do that, what I need to do if I want to actually achieve that is make sure I am coming up with new ideas rather than just trying to go back and rehash the old stuff. At some point, the old stuff is, it would get better if I kept working on it, not the old stuff, but like the stuff that's kind of up and running as material. It would get better if I kept working on it, but I, I can, it's good enough that I can put it in a club set and work on it like that when I'm doing bigger shows. But when I'm doing open mics every night, I should be trying newer material because maybe the new stuff that I write will be funnier than the stuff that I already wrote anyway, you know? So I'm excited about that, man. I'm excited about that process. And I've even, I've got like a week, week and a half of open mics and stuff to maybe just get one new idea out before I go to Western Australia, which by the way, I should tease those shows. Tease? <laughs> what are you teasing, Aiden? Are we gonna oh no, i got two weeks. i got to buy my fucking flights. Shit. I'm doing the Settlers Tavern in Margaret River on the 29th. Uh, I do them for Margaret River, Settlers Tavern, 29th of September, Albany, Western Australia. Uh, the... Spectrum Theatre on the 1st of October and Perth, Western Australia. I'm doing a few shows at the club and I'm doing my solo show at the Oasis Comedy Club uh, on the 7th of October. Those are the next three. I'm also doing Bendigo on the 22nd of September, which is next week, but it actually looks like that may not happen because I don't know if you guys are familiar with this fucking chick, the Queen went and died and there's a public holiday in Australia on that day, the 22nd, which is fine. It, I mean, people were buying tickets to the show. I had like 18 sold a week out, which is pretty good considering, I don't know, no one knows me. I've never been to Bendigo before to do a show or whatever, but um, it's at uh, the Engine Room, which is part of the Capitol Theatre, which is a big theatre and uh, the staff are union staff. And they get penalty rates. So when the public holiday was announced, it meant that it was going to cost me another $320 to pay those penalty rates just to put the show on. And like that obviously comes out of my money. So that was probably going to be a large chunk 
of the profit from the show. Um, so yeah, decided to pull it, which is a real bummer. I think we're going to hopefully do another one in December, do the show again, maybe like the first week of December or some shit like that. But, um, yeah, whatever. I don't know, man. I'm feeling great. I'm back in Melbourne. I had a lovely day today. I went and got just like, I cleaned my room. I fucking <clears throat> went to, uh, went for a long walk, got a bun, me and a nice little apple scroll for breakfast and just walked. I woke up hell early because I got the, I got in at 8.30 last night. So was pretty jet lagged, got to bed at like midnight and then, uh, woke up just by myself at fucking like six, um, out of bed at seven, did my washing, went for this walk, got a coffee, didn't take my book, you know, my like notebook or anything. I was just walking around the streets, man, just like feeling what it feels like to be back in Melbourne. I love this city. I really do. Like, I just, I love it. It's a great city. Like Paris, great, you know, Amsterdam, Barcelona, London, these are all great cities, but that doesn't mean that Melbourne's not great. I think the the reason I would leave would not be because I don't love where I am, but because there's not enough stuff around here. It's just too far away. There's not enough people in Australia. There's not a place, and I just love speaking another language, you know. So yeah, fuck. What's the uh, what picture am I going to use for this week? Oh, I'll use a picture. Oh man, should I tell this? I'll tell you guys this fucking story. Who cares? Um. So, the picture I'm going to have is me and my dear friend David Alfie Ward on the waterfront uh, outside uh, Comedy Club Hauch in Rotterdam, which, by the way, big thanks to those guys. Big thanks to Ava from Events. And uh, big thanks to uh, the guys in Luxembourg as well um, for putting our shows on. We make good money on the tour. Uh, tickets sold reasonably well. Rotterdam was a little bit light, but the club was so fucking awesome and they gave us a great split of the money anyway. I mean, it was okay. It was a great show. All the shows were great. And I just had a great time hanging out with my man, David Alfie Wald. Um, uh, just nice to do comedy with a mate and travel around with a mate. Really cool. So the the photo for this week will be us on uh, just a photo that we got from like an audience member took on uh, the waterfront, which is outside where the club is in Rotterdam. Lovely photo. Um, this week, what the, I think it's going to be called Home. I'll call it Home. Yeah. Home again. Home again. Because I got that song in my head. I don't know if you guys know um, Michael Kiwanuka. Just so fucking sick. PR. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Got... Um, this Michael Kiwanuka album, Home Again, stuck in my head. It's so beautiful. It's, fuck, it's 10 years old, man. I remember the first time I heard uh, uh, Always Waiting as the song. I was driving my parents' Commodore wagon in Adelaide. It must have been just, man, it must have been like 10 years ago, like around now. 10 years ago, maybe like April, May. I remember I heard it on Triple J. And I had to pull the car over and wait for them to back announce the track so that I could get the name of it because I loved it so much and I didn't have Shazam at the time. And uh, they back announced it and I was like, looked it up straight away. I was like, oh my God, that was just, it was the most beautiful song I remember hearing. Always Waiting by Michael Kiwanuka. Um, you know what? Maybe I'll put that, I don't, I don't want to, the album's called Home Again and maybe I'll put that as the end of this 
yeah, I've been putting songs here and there. I'll put Michael Kiwanuka's Home Again at the end of this um at the end of this episode of the podcast because that's what I've been listening to and just feeling today. Loving it. Um I kind of want to tell this story about the guy in Luxembourg, but I don't want to be like too much of a dick. It was like I just I've never worked with a promoter before who was so I mean like unprofessional I guess is a good word for it. I don't even not a bad dude or anything. I sh- I shouldn't say because like whatever, but you can tell who I'm talking about. And I feel like that's no good, but I don't know. Then again, like I don't really want to work with this guy again. And like he fucking did it to himself. He showed up He'd already, he he showed up to pick us up from the bus station, which was nice. And then he was like, oh yeah, I just had a beer. And then we got to his house and he had another beer. And then we went to lunch and he had two more beers. So he's had four beers in like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, maybe. And he's driving and I'm like, oh, okay. And he's smoking, just chaining darts the whole time. Fine, whatever. Then we get back to the flat and he's like, oh, do you want some mushrooms? And um, we were like, nah, might have a nap. We had a nap. And then he was like drinking, you know, and then I'm like, are we getting a taxi to the gig? He's like, no, I'm driving. Is that all right? Do you not feel comfortable? I was like, oh yeah, man. Like not really. You've been drinking all day. And then he, I don't know. And then we got to the gig and he was doing coke and there was like, and he's driving home. Thank God. He was like, man, my girlfriend, she'll drive you back and she's sober. He's like doing coke in the back room and having like a 16 year old kid like watch the door to make sure no one comes in and that's weird i don't know man i just i don't you know i don't even want to go into it that much more actually but there was like a few other weird just like weird things and it's just like these people exist in comedy there was also something about luxembourg itself like i mean everyone was lovely and even the guy you know like he's still i don't know the money wasn't that good for that gig but he still put us up in his place and was like nice enough. I kind of felt bad for him. You know what? I kind of felt bad for him that like like I could tell that he just wanted he just wanted us to party with him. He just wanted us to party with him, I think. And I was annoyed because I'm like I don't want to I'm not here to party, man. I'm here to fucking do comedy and make a bit of money and like, yeah, hang out with my friend and see a new place. And if I meet new people, that's great. You know, like that's always nice. It's like a good part of the job, but the main focus is the job. And like at half time at the show, he didn't put any music on. And that's such a key. First of all, there were all lights around the outside of the venue, like at the outside of the room. It was a sick room. The place where we did the show was awesome. <coughs> And, uh, it was in this, like, it was like this basement of this nice kind of bar, cafe, bistro thing. And the show was full. It was absolutely packed. Um, and, uh, there were all, you know, like down lights around the outside of the room. It was like an, an extra dining room could seat like maybe 20 to 30 diners and then like probably 50, 60 people for the show. And like, it wasn't set up for the show first of all. So we had to set it up while people were coming down and I had to help. And I mean... Dave didn't help. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not helping. I was like, yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I wanted to help. 
Um, but then the <laughs> the downlights, like you turn those off, they're distracting from the show. And I said to him, hey man, we got to get those turned off. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then didn't. And it's like, oh, I know why you didn't. Because, because you're drunk. And you just think that this doesn't matter. But like it does fucking matter. It's important. It distracts from the show. It makes the show worse. It makes people feel like they can talk. And then at halftime, he didn't put music on. So the room was just silent. As like, you know, Dave did the first half. He did half an hour. Crushed. And everyone's in a good mood now. And then they go up stairs at halftime to get a drink and it's silent so they go from being like woo yeah to like now they're in a silent room no one wants to draw attention to themselves and be the loudest person and there's no music to cover the voices so everyone goes to like whispering to each other and then that's going to be the fucking energy when the show comes back you stupid fucking cunt and i said that to him i was like hey man put some music on it'll uh, otherwise we'll lose all the energy from this room and he was like no we won't i was like mate don't even fucking start with me after you at fucking lunch when you were in between your beers and your fucking cigarettes asking us, oh, how can I be a professional comedian? It's like, you know how? By listening to someone who's been doing it for 11 fucking years, mate. And by not being drunk when you put a fucking show on. Ugh. Yeah, you know what? It did annoy me. It did annoy me. And I feel bad because I don't know. I don't know why I feel bad. The guy was a fucking dick. He was being a dick. Anyway, God, I hate that I've ended on that note. I don't want to end on that note. I don't even really want to have told the story because it's not still, it's not nice for that to get back to that person. Like he sent us a message at the end and he was like, hey, if you guys could review the club, that'd be really cool. And I'm not reviewing the club because I don't want to give it a good review because I didn't have the best time. The show was great, but the experience with that guy was a fucking nightmare. He was a nightmare to be around, to be honest. And he drank and did drugs and just was looking for someone to do that with him i think and then didn't ask if that was okay with us a to do and b to like drive us around when he was drunk and on drugs and i think that's really fucking disrespectful and it made me really uncomfortable and it, and, and me and dave talked about how it made us uncomfortable as well and at the start it was kind of funny because he was just this unhinged guy but the further it got on in the night it was like no man this is really uncomfortable and i don't like this um, weirdly though, when I was on stage, also Luxembourg as a city has like a weird vibe to it. And I asked some of the audience who were people who live there and they were like, yeah, it is uncomfortable. It's a weird city. Like we were walking around on Saturday afternoon and, uh, you would think the place would be absolutely heaving and busy. It's Saturday afternoon and we're in this like luxury, it was in the center of town in this like kind of luxury shop mall strip thing. And there was like no one there. And then we went to this Chinese restaurant and uh, we were ordering stuff. And the lady was like saying that we couldn't have certain dishes with certain other dishes. Cause it's like, she's like, you can't have fried rice with that. Cause it'll taste bad. <laughs> she was like, you could, but I don't want you to. <laughs> and then there were people outside reading the menu. And she was like, if you're going to read the menu, you have to sit down. <laughs> But she was like smiling when she said it. I don't know. And then all the locals at the show, I was asking them about it. And they were like, yeah, man, the service here is really bad. Like everyone knows. <laughs> and the city's just weird. And like, it's its own weird place. They even have their own language, Luxembourgish. That's the thing as well. The guy who fucking put us up, the dude who died 
you know, was really uncomfortable being around, speaks seven languages. Isn't that incredible? I mean, what an amazing person. And he used to do, yeah, I don't know, he's just, he told us about his life and it was like, wow, you know, you've clearly got something about you. You're not a fucking idiot. I don't know, man, when the drink gets its hooks in you or just he's, whatever it is that he's, whatever it is that he's like running away from or covering up with booze and drugs and stuff, I really feel for the dude, man, because um, it's clearly, it's something's going on there that he just can't face. I mean, it must be, you know, whatever, or, or, or for whatever reason, he's just, just drinking and, and doing drugs to this extent. And he clearly does want to be a comedian, but he's not, the way he's going, he's not going to be able to because it felt like he put the show together, not because he wanted to put a good show on, but because he wanted an excuse to drink and do drugs. And he was talking about the after party at his house, you know, and then we got back to his house and there was no one there. And he was like, do you guys want to drink? And we're like, no. I'm going to bed, you know, and that is a very sad thing. <sighs> well, look, I think that might be the end of the podcast. How wild. Maybe I'm just sad. Maybe I'm a little bit emotional from coming home. Maybe. That's really all I can think of. Maybe I'm a little bit tired. I had a great night tonight. I love, I feel so lucky to have the Melbourne comedy scene as like a place just to be and come back to. Like I went out to a gig tonight. I did a new bit of a new material thing at this open mic and then went to uh, the comics lounge and just hung out, saw some friends, you know. I just walk into the club. That club, I really love it. I mean, both clubs, the comics lounge and Republic, they're both places now in the city where I can just walk in and I know there's going to be people I know and I can sit down and have a chat, talk shop, talk about life catch up with friends, whatever. And it's just great. And I feel really lucky to have that. So that was nice. I've had a lovely night. And I don't know why I've been ranting about this guy in Luxembourg. And I don't know why I was fucking talking before about pushing people in front of trains. Because I don't want to do that. I'm glad to be home. And I feel really lucky that I've had this amazing trip. And I'm excited about the next few months and working on the new show, editing the documentary, all this stuff. That I got coming up. So um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you're new, this is what it is. If you're old, I promise I'm, it's going to get better. <laughs> uh, if you're liking it and you haven't done so yet, please go on uh, wherever you're listening to it and give it a review. Five stars. Um, Leave some little words there or whatever you've got to do. Follow the Instagram at Sitting Under Podcast for little bits of pieces every week. And um, playing us out here is Michael Kiwanuka with the song Home Again. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Aiden Jones, Sitting Under a Tree. Peace. Home again. Home again. One day I know. I feel home again, home again, home again. One day I know I feel strong again. I lift my head. Many times I've been told all this talk will make you. 
So I'll close my eyes Look behind Moving on Moving on So I'll close my eyes Look So I'll close 